Let's go. What's going on, everybody? My name is Mel, and welcome to Rejection is a Bitch podcast, episode two. And today, uh, I want to talk about a topic by the name of why we should never go back to our ex. Why we should never go back to our ex. And I'm a master life relationship coach. And what I do, I partner with divorcees uh, facing rejection, discover true acceptance within. And before I go into that topic, I want to give a bit of a disclaimer because today I will be talking about my ex-wife. And I'm doing so. We are relatively on good terms at this time. But we do know we have two things in life. We have what's true and we have what's true for us. So by no means am I saying this is the absolute truth. I am saying that this is what's true for me. So I do want to give her that uh, respect on that. But let me give a little bit of the background of this because I do want to give my full picture and my opinion about why we should never go back to our ex. I me and her met in, in college. I was 19. She was 18. So we were babies. Come on now. Let's be honest. But as soon as we met, guys, things went to hell. I'm just being honest. Right, all right, right from the beginning. Went to hell. We was arguing all the time. We were two people kind of from two different worlds. Um, I was a little bit more rough around the edges. She was a little bit more subtle. And we were kind of trying to force each other to view life our way. Uh, But we moved fast with everything. If you heard the things I talked about in episode one, you know, I was dealing with my own rejection and finding myself. And I was had high sex drive and high sex nature about me that that was my way of finding in peace and coping with anything. And I can't speak for her, but it just, that's where we went very fast, very early. And it really wasn't a lot of productivity outside of our sex life. But I will say, undoubtedly, we grew very close. It seems like every time something went wrong, it drew us closer after the, the, the argument or whatever the issue was. I know that for me, I come from a background in my family that when things go wrong, you seem to draw closer, you know, and it's kind of like the ghetto love type thing. I don't know if you guys heard of that. Ghetto love is basically when, you know, when shit hit the fan, you know, that, that means y'all more in love. People be together for 20 years and, you know, they all having all kinds of domestic violence and, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. But they think the toxic love is the real love for some reason or another. That's what we think. So I'm, I'm, saying, I'm not saying we had domestic violence, but I am saying we had a lot of turmoil, but we decided to stay together. And we were t- together dating for about seven years. And at that point, we decided to get married. Now, none of the story that I've said before shows that we should have went ahead and got married. But we had no- ignored every single red flag and decided to go through with it. And that was a horrible decision because... Honestly, I, the most vivid thing I can remember at the wedding is a picture from the wedding of me crying at the altar while the preacher is going over his, uh, you know, all his scriptures and everything. I'm up here crying my eyes out. Why? Not because it was the most special thing and the most beautiful thing to me. No, I was afraid. I was scared out of my eyes, <laughs> scared out of my mind. I was afraid about what was about to happen because I had no preparation for what's to come. Every vision of marriage I've ever had in my life was a bad picture. You know, my parents had a very tumultuous relationship. It was no great view of marriage. So for anyone who knows the nature of men, we need to see things work 
properly and how things work properly before we can manage anything. So I was afraid. I went into little boy mode. During that first year of marriage, I was went to straight to little boy mode. And what does little boys do whenever they get afraid or whenever they're in a, a, a moment of making a choice, whether they stand strong or cower down? Little boy would cower down and begin to play with his toys. That's exactly what I did. I went back to what I knew best, which was getting deep into pornography and deep into talking to other women. And this really broke her down. This really tore her apart once she found out. Because to her, once we said I do, all the old habits were gone. All the old things that I was caught up in were gone. But I brought it to our marriage. And she responded by doing her own things, which I won't go into. But there was a lot of mistakes made on both ends. By the end of year two, we decided to go ahead and separate. So we married for a total of five years, but two years together, three years of separation. During this three-year separation, i got to be honest with you guys, I met one woman each of those years. Because there was times where I said, man, I'm doing everything I can do. I see that she doesn't want to be back with me. She kept rejecting me, kept rejecting me. So I say, man, let me move on just in case we never get back together. But I met three incredible women. The first year I met an incredible woman. The second year I met an incredible woman. The third year I met an incredible woman. All three women were high quality, and I thought they had a great potential to be the next Mrs. Holloway. If things were to not work out with my wife, I was thinking these, these women have a great quality in them that they can be the next Mrs. Holloway. Now, why was it three separate instances? Why was it three separate times each year? Why was it a separate woman each year? Because every time I think that my wife and I were over, she would come back and ask to, for reconciliation. And because I didn't want to give up on my marriage, I gave in every time. I would cut ties with each woman, break their heart, have a horrible, tough conversation with them, and went back to my wife every single time, only to be rejected from her every single time. Yeah, she would come and say she wanted to reconcile or come back together, but once I say let's come back together and get under the same roof, oh, no, we're we going too fast. I don't want to come across as super religious, but there is a story in the Bible that I want to use and draw a parallel very quickly. There was this man in the Bible named Abram. And he had a nephew named Lot. During this time, there was a war between several cities. And one of the cities being Sodom. You guys know from Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, the cities that God eventually destroyed. And Lot, Abram's nephew, lived in Sodom. So during this war, there were four kings that actually eventually won the war. And they robbed Sodom of all its possessions and valuables. They also took people as slaves. Now, Lot was one of those slaves. So he was captured by these four kings. Abram was a strong and noble man. So there was no way that he would allow his nephew to be held captive and not go and rescue him. Abram gathered his army. Abram was a rich man, so he had some men on deck. You know, he got all his men together, said, let's go get my nephew. He went to attack these four kings and their armies at nighttime. Now, Abram's army, being that he went at nighttime, they won easily, and they was able to get all the possessions back 
and free all the slaves, including Lot. So he got his nephew back. Now, if you know anything about the city of Sodom, like we mentioned, it's connected to Sodom and Gomorrah. But Sodom was full of sin and evilness. It's known along with Gomorrah as one of the worst cities ever. And it, it was eventually judged and, like I mentioned, destroyed by God. But after being rescued from slavery, Lot went right back to Sodom. God rescued him. Abram rescued him from physical slavery. And he went back to Sodom. So what's the point of my story? By virtue of Lot living in Sodom during the war, it led him to slavery. So there's an argument to be made that him being in physical slavery with the four kings is the same or possibly better than the spiritual slavery that he was experiencing while living in Sodom. His spirit was being held captive based on the unlimited amount of sin that he was taking part of in Sodom. He gets rescued from one version of slavery and chooses to go right back to his old version of slavery. Then he eventually lost everything once God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So I believe that Lot being forced into physical slavery was a warning from God. It was God's way of spiritually rescuing Lot from Sodom. It may have not been the best situation, but it was far better than him being in Sodom. And God knew that Abram would rescue Lot from the physical slavery. This parallel may be a little, little hard to understand, but in the same vein, I really believe that God was telling me through those three women, seeing the potential for a future wife. I saw greatness in those women. It was God trying to rescue me from the destruction that was to come, which eventually be, was inevitably my divorce. It was time for me to move on. But I wouldn't pay attention to the signs. I kept returning to Sodom. Kept going back to what's familiar. Until one day, I made a choice to no longer run back to what was familiar. What was the thing that was familiar to me? Rejection became familiar for me. Rejection. Her rejecting me became what was familiar. I began to... <laughs> Girl, callous, so to speak, for the pain of that rejection. Because it was really a part of me that was saying, man, look at the mess that you made. She has every right to reject you. But she did not have every right to play with me. And I had every right to move on. That's the thing we're dealing with now. Those of us who deal with rejection we begin to devalue ourselves. We get to a point where we think that that person, the harm that we caused them or, or whatever they're going through means more than what we're going through. Where your pain has value on it as well. Am I telling you my story as a recommendation of what you should do? No. Am I saying that everyone that goes back to their ex we'll have the same outcome. No. Am I literally saying that we should never go back to our ex? Hell no. What I am doing is using my story as an illustration and help you see that you're not alone. And whatever you choose to do, let it be because you chose it. The greatest freedom is the freedom of choice. So get yourself out of the mindset of have to. Oh, we're married. I, got, I have to make my marriage work. 
no matter how they're treating me, no matter how many years go on and on, I have to make it work. You don't. There's nothing in you that has to. If you do make it work, let it be because you chose to. There's a freedom in that. I want to use my experience and everything that I went through to go along this path with you. I'm a master relationship and life coach. I really want to use the things that I developed over time through my experience, but also the training I have to help you get to the place of acceptance. If this is your situation and you are ready for that change, if you're tired of feeling the weight of rejection and are ready to experience the freedom of internal acceptance, I really want to be your coach. I want to help you through your path of acceptance.